Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. Tonight is a definite do not miss. Uh, You're going to want to share this with other people because what we're going to share with you tonight is frontline ministry. And this is what everything we do as believers is about sharing the gospel to a dying world. Okay, there's a lot of warnings. There's a lot of preparation that people like to do and we and all these things going on. But this is what the gospel is about, receiving that gift from Jesus and then sharing it with somebody else. Well, tonight we are going to bring on people that are on the front line. We're going to talk about God, what he's doing miraculously, how we're reaching the unreached and how persecution is intensifying. And folks, this is an end time message for a dying world. And with that, I'm going to start with prayer. Father, in the name above every name, Yeshua, Jesus, we ask that you would bless this program to your honor and glory, Lord, that your people may be blessed and that, Lord, what you are about to share through your servants tonight, Lord, that we would be inspired to get into this battle ourselves. We thank you and ask this in Yeshua's precious name. Amen. Well, folks, those who have been longtime listeners here to the Remnant Call uh, know that we do not take money or ask money. I mean, yes, there's been some people who supported us through the years and we do you know, through a P.O. box, but we don't ask for anything literally at all ever here. Um, this ministry does not uh, do that, but there are ministries that we believe in. And folks, the workman is worthy of their hire And there are people that are doing the Lord's work that I want you all to get behind. And so tonight, unashamedly, I want to share with you, as we did in the past, the Answer the Call International Ministries. Uh, You can visit their website at answerthecallinternational.org. And I'm going to bring on two special people tonight to talk about what's going on. But before I do that, I want to share with you a verse that you all know, but often forgot in this confusing world today comes from the book of James chapter one, verse 27, pure religion and undefiled before God and the, and the father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now I'm excited because believe it or not, the last few weeks, widows specifically have been on my heart and my mind, and I've been concerned about widows recently. And tonight we're going to talk about widows and orphans and how God and, and just those who generally don't know the Lord and what God is doing that. So with that, I'm going to bring on our special guest tonight, and that is Lee Hash. She is the director, president, I'll let Lee tell you her actual title, and Brother Chenna, who is here with her in the United States, and Brother Benjamin, who is the one who made this all possible by introducing uh, Remnant Call to this uh, ministry. Are you all here with us tonight? Yes. Hi, we're here. Amen. Benjamin, you here with us? Yeah. Good evening, Frank. Amen. Great great to be here. Praise God. And brother, folks, Benjamin just texted me the other day. He's like, look, we got it. We got some updates. We got to talk about folks. This is the kind of stuff when I say here, I, I want you to know about because this is what matters. So Lee, you've been, this started, just a quick refresher. When did you actually begin this ministry? Well, I first went to India. It's been about 16 and a half years ago. And I went, I went by myself. I had met this family by kind of a, well, it was a God moment. I met them on the internet through a letter that I shouldn't have gotten. And we began to correspond and write. And... Shortly after that, the Lord provided a ticket, and I went to India. I met the family. I saw their ministry. I realized that this is the real deal. You know, they were living in a thatch hut with orphans in a little thatch church, taking care of people with leprosy. 
um, the orphans, the widows. I saw them feed them, give them medicine, bring local pastors together to encourage them, give them provisions so that they could go out and reach the lost. It just really touched my heart. Um, so that's how it was birthed. And I went back a few years later. Um, I took my daughter and her friend. A few years later, I went back. I took my friends from church and they fell in love. And we started a 501c3. And it's just been building since then. And then God got you in touch with Ben with Benjamin. Uh, and, and he's been a part of this along with you all. Correct? Yes. So, yes, we we meet, met him. It was another God moment where I was invited to a conference like the day before. So I drove from Rapid City to Montana and he was at the conference. And after the conference, there was a group of us that we went out for coffee and talked late into the night. And he said, well, what is it that you do in India? Um, and we shared. So, yes, he's been a great encouragement and supporter, really believes in what we're doing, has a huge heart for the orphans. And for, you know, everyone in India. Mm. Amen. And it's been really fun to be be a part of this this mission, this team, as, as uh, God has continued to use um, everyone involved. And we're so delighted. Brother China is here with us in the, in the U.S. of A. today. And great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Well, one of the things I've noticed about Benjamin through the years is, you know, of course, Benjamin, when we have him on, he sounds like that Old Testament prophet so often. Uh, you know, if you hear Benjamin, that's, what, you know, he's, but I've noticed one thing with Benjamin, there's one thing that breaks his heart more than anything I've ever heard. And that's when it comes to the orphans. And then that's truthfully over the years I've known him. That's the thing that chokes him up the most that, that I know of. And uh, so when you know somebody that long and you know something that's close to their heart, I feel it's very important that it's shared with our audience, too. And so I want to thank you. We had you all on last time sharing about some stuff. Um, you were building a wall and some different things, but things have changed. Um, of course, the wall is you will let you share about that has been finished, but things are rapidly changing. God is moving um, things are, are moving at a rapid pace. And so with that, I'm just going to open up here, uh, Lee and, and brother Chenna and, and share with us what is going on right now and, and help the audience to understand how God is moving in India. Uh, first of all, uh, glory to God for giving this time. And also I thank, uh, brother Benjamin and brother Frank, uh, for giving again, one more opportunity to share what is happening in India uh, and also to the, all the audience who are praying for India and for the work God has given to me, to us, taking care of the orphans, widows, leprosy people, and reaching the unreached people group with the audio Bibles. Uh, uh, I just want to give the update. Last year, we were having two acres of land and trying to build the wall surrounding uh, and we finished that, and and now we are building a orphanage for hundred kids at the beginning, and the project is for two hundred kids. And now the foundation is being laid down, and walls are going to be built up. And uh, God is almost every day thirty people or forty people are working to finish as soon as possible. So that is what God has been doing. At present, we have 20 children and we want to, uh, more children we can't able to take because they are completely living with us. So the place is very small and we had a bunch of new rules because of the COVID, so we can't take more. We need to have a, a bigger place to live. So uh, God, since 15 years we have been praying, God has been answering our prayers and bit by bit and God is progressing in that. And we want to finish it very soon, the building, and bring more children. Our heart is to raise uh, men and women of God for for India to take care of the baton and take care of the mantle, what God has given to us, and reach more people. With that, uh, we are taking care of 40 widows who are abandoned by their uh, families, very poor and very old, no one is there to care. So we we want to 
bring them to the place where we are uh, constructing because it is not like an orphanage. We want to call them as a family because they can come together and uh, have a love and affection more overrising them uh, in that manner so that they can care one another, love one another. And and that is what that is our plan. And also because I am I came from a medical background, we are taking care of the uh, 80 leprosy people. There was 100, but 20 of them died. We have 80 of them now. So uh, with that, I just want to start uh, their uh, small clinic. We are already serving, but we want to have an established way. And that also will open a other way to uh, bring more uh, non-Christians to towards the uh, towards us because we are giving freely, giving the medication and everything, and they we can share more about the gospel and uh, and reach them uh, for the God's glory. And uh, and uh, the our primary motto is that we are at present uh, training one hundred and twenty pastors. Uh, some are persecuted pastors India persecution is being increased a couple of years people are pastors are being killed churches are being burned and destroyed and their women were being raped and if you just see the Google there if you see that so many things happening last two months in a state called Manipur 400 churches are being burned and 120 Christians are being killed, and uh, many women were raped and took naked to the miles and miles by the some fanatic people, uh, non-Christians. So it is keep going, and and it is increasing so much, increasing so much, and hatred towards the Christian people, and uh, and they want to uh, they want to bring whole. Uh, India as the Hindu nation, so that is what agenda is happening. So there are a lot of big, big people are behind of that, and uh, even we go to the police station, there is no justice. Even we go to the court, there is no justice. People are churches are uh, Christians are crying, and pastors are crying, and and uh, and uh, and uh, nobody listen to them. So I request you all to. Keep in your prayers because we need prayer more than anything. And prayer can answer, prayer can change people's heart. And with that burden, we want to reach more people, more people where nobody hear about gospel. So we are training 120 pastors where we are going to the mountain areas. It is a hilly area. Most of them, they don't wear good clothes, never ever went to school. They don't know how to read and write. So it is hard for them to give a Bible uh, because they don't know how to read. So we came to know that there are some of audio Bibles where we can go and uh, climb to the mountain and uh, reach to these 20, 30 houses, sit with them, give a free medication, talk about Jesus, and hand over these audio Bibles called Mega Voice Bible. And we hand over to them, and and uh, it is a solar based audio Bible, so it can be charged through the electrically, and also it is solar based. So we hand over the audio Bible to five or ten people. So every day they come together in the evening time, listen three chapters or five chapters. So again, after one or two months, again we go them and we try to increase them, and it is and and try to. Uh, reach more people, but we can't do ourselves by alone. We need to train that uh, local pastors there because they speak a different language. We speak a different language. So we need to train the more pastors there where they can understand, they can communicate with them. These are unreached people group because God is coming down. We want to be faithful to what God has given to us, want to reach uh, in spite of persecution, in spite of the beating, in spite of killing, uh, we don't know when when we when we will be killed. But being a Christian means even to point of death, we need to be faithful to God. So we want to reach as many as we can, and and I just want to thank you for all 
your praise all this year, your prayers and your love and your support uh, for us that we can extend more. We can reach more people, more people with our team, with our family. This is what God is doing at present in India. Uh, and 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 through the uh, answer the call international and uh, and I I, I I don't know what in coming days it would be more difficult for us even to get out of the country or even to even to receive some funds from the other nation because the government is trying to shut down everything uh, they have pretty much agenda call uh, we want to bring whole nation as Hindu nation. Uh, it is called in Hindi Garvapasi, means come back home. You were once all are Hindus, but you gone astray from your Hindu religion. We want to bring you back by willingly or forcefully. Force, willing, if you accept it, is fine. If you aren't going to ac accept it, we will beat you. We will kill you. We will destroy your families and we will destroy everything until you listen to us. So that is what happening at present. Many are crying, and I am behalf of them. Just want you all, all the listeners and all the brothers and sisters in US, just pray for us. Pray that God, 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 listen our prayer and God bring justice and God bring uh, comfort and stand strong in their faith until Jesus comes. And uh, and and one side, the churches and Christians are uh, churches are growing. Christianity is growing. The devil knows that it has a very less time. So devil is trying to attack more on the Christians. So as we are two or three percentage remnant people in India, the Christians are in India remnant and crying uh, for desperately for the, for the help and for the, for the uh, answering the God for our prayers. So I just want you to request you all keep, the orphanage, hundred children at present. God, we want to have is two stairs of the building. The foundation is laid. Going to have two stairs and uh, and more children. We can raise forty uh, widows and uh, and eighty leprosy people and one twenty pastors. We are training and reaching more people. And I I just want you to uh, thank you from bottom of my heart for your prayers and love and support we continuously praying for the remnant and also the listeners you are in our hearts and prayers thank you very much i uh, thank you for that and, and lee i want to ask you a question and I, I and i want to come back to you uh brother chinna too um i can remember first time you know being in africa uh, i've done a lot of missionary work in africa and it's the same like india very poor very destitute and um there's always a moment that like you know you're at god's calling you know that you're something touches you so deeply and and um i remember something just so simple that the man who was my mentor and in, in missionary work one day that i watched him just cry he was uh with the pastor of a congregation way up in the mountains we we're about close to six thousand feet up in the middle of nowhere and he noticed the pastor looked at his shoes and he looked at the pastor's shoes. And of course they were terrible. And he had a suit that probably been, you know, worn forever. And, and uh, he looked at him and he says, why don't you try these shoes on? And the pastor took his shoe off and he only had half a sock on. He didn't even have a full sock, but he was trying to look his best that he could for the Lord at the time. And I watched a man about 80 years old, just weep because these people have nothing yet. They try to do the everything they can for the Lord. And even that half a sock he was wearing to him in his mind, he was trying to dress and do his best for what he had for the Lord. And, and that just, uh, no, it was something simple, but I remember I just gotten there, and when he was sharing that story, I just started to realize that with nothing, they do so much. And yet with so much, we don't really do anything. And so, Lee, I know you had shared before about with the lepers that there's kind of was a moment that really touched you and and really changed you. 
Would you mind sharing that? Yes, I I love the lepers. I just I love them. And I actually have two moments that I would like to share. And one is when one of them, when they become saved, many times they change their name to a biblical name. And so this was Daniel. And Daniel stood in front of me, very dignified, even though his body was starting to get eaten up by leprosy. It affected his feet, his fingers. They literally rot off. Um, obviously very poor. And he stood there in front of me and he said that his story was that he used to be a Hindu and he said he had a very evil heart and he was a very wicked man and very unhappy. And then he got leprosy and he said it was because of the leprosy and because of finding this family, finding him. And because of that, that is what led him to Jesus. And he said, he thanks God to this day for the leprosy because that is, that is where God found him. And for the first time in his life, he had peace in his heart. Oh, my lands. Wow. So when you see them praising God and worshiping God and their hands are lifted up and most of their hands are missing, they're sitting on the ground because they don't have feet. It just it's enough to just wreck you. It's like, would I praise God if I had leprosy? I, I don't know. And the other moment was sitting with them. And they've been told that they sinned in their past life and because they sinned in their past life they're paying this is their penance there's not a lot of help for them we're not going to help you because if we do then we're not helping you because you're not earning your penance so that your life will be better the next time so the the culture and tradition tells them this you know when they first get saved obviously they change their mind but they've been told you're a curse you have sinned you are no good you are not worthy. And so the first time I was able to sit with them and hold their hands and touch their face and just hold them and hug them and love them and tell them that they have value, that everything you have heard is a lie. It is not true. It's from the devil. God loves you. He knows your name. He has a purpose for your life still. And to see them receive that, the hope that falls on their face and their eyes, how they shine and they that verbal affirmation. Um, that was another moment that really just pierced my heart. I'm going to try not to cry, um, but thank you for that. Um, it's a moments like these that I, I know I've, I've been lately, you know, of course had a, a burden for widows here the last few weeks. I've been trying to figure out some type of ministry here locally that we can do because of a certain situation I ran into and, of course, I'm right by the mountains, right here in the foot of the foothills of the Appalachia, and um, you know the the poor people, the Appalachian. But I always tell people, you you've not seen poverty until you've gone overseas. You've also not seen joy until you've been with the most destitute. Amen. I've never seen such happiness in giving somebody a ballpoint pen. Literally things we take for granted and throw away and don't even, I've never seen anything. And then to watch people give me with nothing from the bottom of their heart, all that they have for the thankfulness of coming to see them. And it, you're right. It does wreck you and it changes you because you realize that God has a people out there that rely on him for everything. Because folks right now, if God doesn't come through, they don't make it. They have to stand strong because they have nothing. And so my question, you know, to brother Chenna is right now, I mean, what is it that breaks the currently right now? You shared a lot of things, but what is that one thing that truly breaks your heart at night that causes you not to sleep in India? There are a couple of things always. Uh, Every day is a struggle. Every day is a fight. Every day is a uh, keep up faith is always hard. Uh, these are the leprosy people who are abandoned by their own families uh, because of the leprosy. Wife is left because of the leprosy or husband left or the family left. We go and pick up them and bring back and they clean their wounds and they, they ask you know why you do this for us? 
and uh, and we sh- we tell that because god loved us so much and he loved us and so we want to show this love to you we want to know that that god who came down and gave his life we would, we don't want to share something until we do something for them because faith without deeds are dead so we want to show them and these people really after giving their life they got peace they worship god and they go back and they say that i am a christian and you need to be christian you know my my body are being eaten up but my soul is saved one day i i can see in heaven there is no tear there is no pain nobody will be abandoned me and no one will be no one will be say it's bad about me because of my 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 disease and you're cursed or you are you are not same and also going to seeing my own uh, brothers are being tormented or being persecuted or beaten up for their faith they didn't do anything they worship they praise god because of just knowing christ bring lot of suffering and their children are being killed and raped their wives are being raped what we do what we did we didn't do anything we just accepted why we do i mean why why you do so many things for us but because their eyes are blind we are trying to love them as much as we can but it's so hard to love our enemy but god said that love your enemy love your neighbor that's what we are doing at present so it it brings i have so many videos my brothers have sent me it breaks my heart so much to see i may be i may be one but whole the people are suffering so much so and praying and and st- staying strong in the lord we know that there is a persecution but we staying strong uniting one another and praying for one another caring for one another seeing love uh, seeing christ in one another and 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 standing for him is a blessing standing for him is a great honor standing for it, being a calling as a christian is a honor in spite of the so many things happened so it it it, it every day thankful to god and every day is a nightmare every day so god speak to us there is so much things to done every day god remind us that to be faithful to him i'm sorry i'm sorry we're both bawling no no it's a universal i guess um <laughs> uh i i'm i'm just uh I, i thank you and 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 lee my question would be is is what what is it right now that is is the biggest struggle you're having in in answer the call uh right now to your ministry over there what's what's the what's the struggle like what's the the need the 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 what are you facing challenges right now um well right now we want to go back i want to go back in maybe january february we've got a small local team that that want to go and we've got to kind of face that fear of what's it going to be like then with this persecution but we know god has called us so we're going to go forth we need to go and encourage these people we need to lift up our brothers and sisters there and just um yeah let them know that they're not alone also not knowing when the government could shut down the ability to send them the support any support that we get we send 100% i don't keep a dime of it it's it's theirs it's a gift we're just the conduit we're the funnel to get it to them and so there's the worry sometimes that if the government takes what they've got or shuts it down how do we help how do we feed these people how do we get the orphanage built So I feel sometimes a rush to to do this. We we need to build. We need to build so that it is built so that if it does get shut down 
they've got their safe haven. They've got the orphanage with the walls built around it. Um, it can be more self-sustaining. They can, you know, grow, have a garden, chicken, cows, so that they can take care. Because if we can't send the support, they need to be able to take care and continue the work that God is doing. And it's like here, inflation, the prices there have skyrocketed. You know, what we send now, you know, per month, um, it's not as sufficient as it used to be. So we're a small ministry. We, we send what we have as it comes in and we always have enough. Sometimes it feels like, okay, Lord, what are we going to do? We're running low. And then, boy, we get exactly what we need. Um, but we're just believing to get the orphanage built and get, get them self-sustaining and ready for the days. Amen. Uh, Benjamin, you have anything to add to that? Yeah. It's, you know, when you consider the favor that so many of us were, were born into, the prosperity, the affluence, I mean, you know, in the West, we're, we're the people who grew up, you know, and, and we just expected there would be food every day in our refrigerators and you know, we never gave a second thought to to a warm bed or maybe even a family that loved us. And, and um, you know, some of the biggest trials we, we face is, is, you know, somebody wasn't nice to us on Facebook because we were a Christian. Or, you know, and, and when that's all you've experienced, that that's just what you know. And I went on my first mission trip to Indonesia in the 1980s. And we went up into the mountains, you know, far from the cities. And the cities of uh, Indonesia weren't exactly high. Um, they weren't uh, affluent cities. It was, it was subsistence level living. And in the mountains, it, it was real uh, poverty. And I remember going to an orphanage. And uh, speaking and ministering to these kids that were, you know, all ages, all the way through teenagers. And I remember seeing, being shown the their rooms there, their beds and um, the blankets that they had for bedding. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have given to my dog in America, you know, and, and not that I'm rude. It's just, we're, we are affluent. You know, we, we can buy an expensive dog pet, and yet our hearts are heartened to reach out, to touch one of God's children. But I remember in this orphanage, one of the, one of the young children that was there was blind. He came up to me and he said, in his eyes, you could, you know, I don't know what happened to them, but they were, they were you know, clear evidence of, of his blindness. And he said, don't ever forget me. Please don't ever forget me. And, um, you know, it's it's easy for us to forget. We get caught up in our busy life and, you know, we all have way too many demands. You know, Satan's strategies to just keep us occupied with meaningless things. So we don't have time to pray. We don't have time to worship we don't have time to rest, you know, we're just, we're all running out here in the West and, you know, it's just a blessing to, you know, I've played a small part in the ministry of Answer the Call International, but it's been a blessing to just to share in that part. And, you know, if I'd like to just read a short scripture. I think you know, we all know we're in the last days. I mean, you wouldn't be tuned into this program if you didn't realize that. And, um, you know, and and the days are coming upon us, and and you know, Sister Lee, we're we're going to enter into the time when the, we're going to be eating the manna. That's how we're going to feed the widows and the orphans. And, Amen. and the Lord will provide because there will be no other provision. We'll be walking by faith, or we won't be walking at all. And and that time will come fast, and it will come to pass, and and then the King will come Himself in all of His glory, and. 
I'm going to read from Matthew 25 and, you know, all of us are familiar with Matthew 24, but I think we should really maybe, you know, we continue and, and, and really put some emphasis on what Jesus taught us in Matthew 25. He said, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels will be with him, then he shall sit down upon his throne of glory. And before him shall be gathered all of the nations. So we're going to all be there too. And he shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand. But the goats he shall place to the left. And then the king will say unto those on his right hand. Come you who have been blessed of my father. And inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You took me in, and you could, you could add to the text, contextually it would be accurate to say I was an orphan, and you cared for me. I was a widow. You blessed me. I had leprosy, and you tended my wounds. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you came and visited me when I was in prison. You came unto me and encouraged me. You prayed for me. You stood in the gap for me. And then the righteous will answer saying, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry? When were you an orphan? When were you a widow? When did you have leprosy? When did we give you something to drink? When did we take you in or clothe you? Ministering to you when you were sick. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as you've done these things unto one of the least of these who are my brethren, you have done it unto me. And every one of us owes everything to the Lord. We do. Our life, our talents, our gifting, the circumstances, you know, the times we, without number, God intervened in our lives. We didn't even see it. We didn't even know what happened. But he protected us. He guarded our way. And, you know, he brought just the right amount of trials and affliction to, to do that strange work that only can be done when we, when we experience suffering. He who suffered is ceased from sin. Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. And, and we too, we learn obedience through the denial of the flesh. We learn the way of holiness through picking up our cross. But we also learn the, the heart of God when we relieve the suffering of others. We get to be his hands. Yeah. We get to be his voice. And, you know, for some of us who can't go to India or, or Perhaps the only part we can play is, is is we get to support the people. We get to contribute and pay for the bowl of rice. And and even for that part, which is a big part, we're all one body ministering to the children of God, ministering to our own family. And, you know, in the very end of these things the last shall be first and the first will be last and those of us who from the west who've been you know spoiled and i guess you know we've had all of the we've had all the comforts of the modern world we we, we never had to live in a garbage dump digging for around for breakfast we never experienced any of these things in ourselves personally unless we chose to go out and, and live among those who are not privileged with the affluence of the West. But, you know, it's an opportunity for us to share what God has freely given Amen. us. It's the opportunity to share the blessings that, that we have. And, and I will tell you, brothers and sisters, you know, that as, as Sister Lee mentioned, 
the world's financial system is changing. The American dollar, which was the you know the supreme reserve currency of the world, is under attack. The U.S. economy is going to come under attack, and then the United States itself is going to come under attack. So we have a war that's coming, and and America will be judged severely. A remnant will be saved. The compromised church will be purified in a fire, and the wicked will be turned into hell. And then the events of the book of Revelation will occur for the whole earth. And at that time, there will be no more opportunity to send a gift, you know, to make an offering, to give a gift to the king. And, and you know, the, the Lord is so adamant about children. I mean, he told us, you know, woe unto you if you stumble, even one of these little children. Mm. It yes. would be better for you to have had a millstone put around your neck. And you do, we do not harm the children. Mm. We have to take care of the children. We have to protect the innocent. We've got to bless the little ones because they, the heart of God is upon them. You know, and we see them in the same way. I mean, they're beautiful. They're awesome. Every single one of them is cute as can be. And it's the heart of God to take care of the children. But, you know, the time when we can bless widows and orphans is, is rapidly coming to a close. And the Lord, he even put a test in the scripture. And I can't remember the chapter and verse, but he basically said, test me in this. If you give to the poor, you are lending to me. And I will repay. God's asking you to give on his behalf. He's going to pay for it. And I got news for you guys. The Lord's the only one that can honor his deaths in the world that's ahead of us. Because the governments are going to fail. The dollar will fail. Even the gold will be removed or the silver will be thrown in the streets. You know, it says the people that have stored up silver and gold for the day of evil, they're, they're kidding themselves. I'm paraphrasing, but it says it will not deliver you. You know, the fact that you have a gold coin, you know, hidden in the mouth of a fish in your freezer or whatever, that's not going to save us. When the day of indignation begins, there won't be any commerce. The stores will be looted in a matter of hours. The streets will become unsafe to travel. There'll be no more trucks. The fuel will be gone in days. And at that point, it's going to be a miracle. It's going to be miracles that God uses to intervene in every one of our lives. And, you know, and maybe we'll be sharing our small little portion. You know, we'll share the last rice bowl we have. And we'll be brought to the same place that that the orphans that we're having a privilege to minister to have lived mm. or were born into. But, you know, between now and then, you guys, I would just encourage you, trust the Lord. He meant what he said. When if you give to the poor, if you give to help widows, you are lending to me. God is actually promising you're not even going to pay for it. He is going to pay you back. And, you know, who knows how and who cares because the Lord will know exactly when and you, you're going to need his help and how. He will figure that out and it will be the perfect answer for every one of us. But, you know, how many of us really believe what God said? This country is going down. I don't know if it's in a matter of months or in a, another couple of years. In one hour, all of this wealth is going to burn. In one hour, your 401k is going to go away. In one hour, the banks will be closed. The dollar will be worthless and all of this wealth that we've all seen will turn into dust right before our eyes. Actually, nuclear ashes. Mm. And so what are we going to do? You know, hold on to it? Because, well, we, you know, we might need it a little bit longer. The Lord says, you give to the poor. You're making a loan to me. You're lending it to me. And when you need it, I will pay you back. And I know one thing about the Lord. He keeps his word. Amen on that. You can take this to any Amen. bank. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes.
anyway, that's my little micro message to say, you guys, let's bless Answer the Call International with an abundant, exceedingly beyond anything they could even imagine outpouring. And let's get this orphanage built. Let's get the walls up. Let's restore these, all the things God wants done. Let's get them done because the Lord will be counting it for our having blessed him. And, you know, if we wait, you may not have another chance. Sister Lee and Sheena, they may not be on answer the call again. And you know what? If you, if you forget this message, if you, if you don't respond to, to my heart's cry, um, you're going to get busy and, the cares of life, like thorns, are going to grow up, and 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 you know, and the birds will come, and they'll steal this word from you, and you'll go back to thinking, "Oh, I've got to hold on to my money." No, you don't. You can give it to, to the Lord, and He will hold it for you, and you will be repaid. This is the best investment in the world because you get the blessing of having provided for the Lord. He himself will say, you've done it under me. And by the way, I'm paying you back on top of it. So, you know, we should all write the biggest check we've ever written in our lives. Mm. And let's get this ministry financed. And let's get this work in India done because the storm is coming, you guys. We don't have years and years. And Frank and I are going to be doing the, the next message on the 70 Jubilees, which is the final revelation from the prophecies of Daniel. And you will see that um, we have conclusive. It's authenticated. The revelation is real. It's been completely confirmed. We're going to see the world change in a matter of the next, anywhere from six to 18 months. The world you live in will be gone in the world that is coming, the money that's in the bank's worthless. So I suggest let's, you know what? Let's do something radical. Let's make a gift beyond anything we would ever have even imagined because the gift is for a king who mm-hmm. died for you. And not only did he die for us, if you have any idea what crucifixion is like, if you've ever had a serious medical problem where you've suffered extreme pain, your muscles being torn out of your body, for example, where you're on the verge of screaming from the intensity of it. That's just touching on the price that was paid for your salvation, the price that was paid so that Jesus could bless your life with everything you've received from him. You know, and I was thinking about it, the Lord didn't even cry out on that cross. You know, the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. Well, Jesus was quiet on the cross. Yes, he he spoke a number of testimonial words from the place of his sacrifice. But for most of those six hours, the Lord was silent. He was still, and he knew his father was God. Jesus gave everything for you. Amen. What are we willing to give for him? I think we should respond in kind. I think every one of us should give everything back to the Lord. However, it, it seems right in your eyes to do that. You you pray about it. But every one of us owes the Lord Jesus Christ everything that we have. Amen. Our life, our property, our bodies, our time, our families. Everything we received came from him. And it's actually all his. And we owe him everything. So this is an opportunity. You know, there's a lot of ministries out there. I've been involved in different ways with with a number of um, national ministries. I was uh, on the board with uh, Wycliffe International, which is a Bible translating ministry. And then they do an awesome job bringing the word of God. But there's not a lot of ministries that are really just doing ministry. You know, there's there's a lot of ministries that are doing a lot of things and some ministry time. Uh, this is a ministry that it's doing only ministry things. And, and the money that you're going to give, the money I'm going to give, because I'm giving today, um, 100% of it is going to go to bless the Lord and to 
clothe the naked, to bless Amen. the widow, to tend the wounds of, of the mothers and the grandmothers with leprosy, and to proclaim the gospel of truth in one of the darkest places in the world. And we get to be part of it. So God bless you. I'm so glad that we had this program. And, and you know, I'm sorry if I took too long sharing, but I, that's just no, what no problem. Um, I'm gonna uh, Lee uh, and and uh, brother Jim. I want to ask a, just you know some a few specifics on support and and um, but I, I want to bring it in with this. Um, I was uh, in 2008 on the side of a mountain in Africa. And I was looking off the mountainside and I was there with Dr. Uh, Kasaka. He was the chief of the tribe. He had uh, left the mountain for some years and went and got an education. And he told the story of in the mid sixties, he was one of the first people that we know of that took the gospel to the Maasai, you know, the big warriors, everybody sees jumping up and down. Um, he, um, but he was a pare and they were the sworn mortal enemies of the Maasai. That's why the Pari lived in the mountains and the Maasai were down, you know, in the lowlands because they were their cattle would graze. And as God laid it on his heart to take it there, his mother had refused to allow him to go because he knew he'd be killed. He begged for one month to go. Finally, his mother said she would let him go, but he had to take one person with him so that they could bring back a word that he had been killed. So he goes down to the Maasai. He's there. Uh, there, finally, he gets to him. He asks, can he speak to the Libon, the chief? He was scared to death and they said, go sit in here and he'll be back later. And he went in one of their mud huts. And I, I tell you, I've been in those huts. You can't see a thing. They are so dark. And um, he was looking around just parent, you know, scared to death. Someone was just going to kill him at any instant. And they finally got him up and they brought him out and they, and they brought him to the chief. And he, he looked at the chief and the chief asked him where he was doing there. And he said, I've come from the, from the mountains to bring you the gospel of love. And to share the good news. And he said the chief of his mortal enemy, the absolute biggest enemy they've ever had, looked him right back in the face. And he said, where have you been all these years? Wow. And God used him to take the gospel to some of the most ruthless toughest people in Africa who would killed him at any other time, but because of the burden was so strong. And I feel like what you all are doing right now with these radios and of the, of the audio and the, the audible Bibles and stuff like that, that it, this is you going to a people who are saying, where have you been? They've been trapped in lies and, and demonic and being told they're worth nothing and they've got to beat themselves or do whatever in order to be accepted in repentance for past sins in a different life. And, and they're looking for somebody to bring them something that can set them free. And I feel like that's what you all are doing. And I want to know how can we get behind this ministry? What can we do uh, to help most effectively, um, you know, in, in supporting you all. So if you would share Lee, how can we support this ministry? Well, most of all, please pray, pray for our family and friends in India and wisdom for us here, you know, as we, we help them, um, on answer the call international, there is a place where you can, um, donate. We have a PayPal and we've been in the process of trying to also download, it's called Stripe, and it's an alternative way to pay without doing PayPal. Um, we're having kind of some trouble with it, but there's a contact form on there, and I would get any contact. So um, if you wanted to go with Stripe, you could write to me, and we can send you that link directly. It is secure. Um there's a post office box where you could mail a check if you prefer that. And if you contact me and you want to talk to me um, about anything, I'll give you my phone number. You can call. I'll take any phone call. I welcome any phone call to share more what we're doing, more of our heart. Uh, we're very um, authentic and, and just real. So, yeah, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to get a hold of me. And I just want to take note, too, when we were talking about the widows. The widows and the orphans also 
have that stigma of having a past sin. Otherwise, they wouldn't be an orphan or it wouldn't be a widow. I mean, how, what a thing to put on a child. You're an orphan because you did something in your past life. And the widows, if her husband dies, the family believes that she has a secret hidden sin. And because of that, her son, or excuse me, her, her husband died. Many times the family will then put her out. If she's got children, they'll put the children out. So if she's a young mother, 20, 21, 22, with several children, mm. and the husband's family puts her out, she's considered a curse. Um, if she puts on a work application that she's a widow, they don't want to hire her because their business will be cursed. The children become a curse. Um, many times these widows have to beg. They might have to go to the temples. They have to prostitute out. Some of our children are what you call a semi-orphan. They have a mother, a widow, perhaps, who cannot take care of them. And, um, yep, sorry. <laughs> I have a heart for them. I have a heart for them. So when we have the orphanage built, some of these widows will be able to stay there, be like a family. Some of them could be reunited with their child and actually get off the streets, get out of prostitution, be able to be a caregiver for their children and many more. They could become a mother, a mother of many. And, you know, there's some parts of India it's illegal, um, but it happens occasionally where the widow would actually be burnt when her husband was being burnt because it would be her job to go with him to the afterlife to take care of him. I mean, burnt alive on the on the on the. Yeah, on the pier. So mm. we're just hoping for that that to reverse in this culture, for these widows to be redeemed, to know they didn't sin in their past life. It's not their fault. Their husband died. They require a lot of love, and they're just beautiful, beautiful women. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for that, folks. It's real simple. Go to answerthecallinternational.org. I'll put the link in the show notes also. Uh, you can donate there. You can call. I guess they could send a check, I, you know, if you want to contact and what to do. It's all that is provided there. And, you know, there are so many ministries out there. And you know, I happen to belong to a, an, on a board of a, of a ministry like your all's for Africa that it doesn't have the overhead either. And I don't share it on the radio because I don't share my private, what I do outside of, you know, here, I, I don't share that because that's my business. And, um, but I folks, you're helping a ministry that has no overhead. 85% or 87% of United way goes towards just supporting their infrastructure. Nothing even, I wouldn't give to them anyways, based on their beliefs. What I'm saying is rarely can you find a ministry. That's why we support and believe in what they're doing, because all your money will actually go there. Not some of it, not part of it, but what you give will be given to India and taken care of and with by good stewards of God's kingdom and money. And so please go to answerthecallinternational.org help out any way God lays it on your heart and, and um, sister Lee and brother Chenna and, and brother Benjamin, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, we'll be in touch. Um, I, and, and we'll make sure we all will put our money where our mouth is. Thank you. And do the thank best I, we can. So I just, you know, we're, we're so India concentrated right now, but I also want to, to let you know that, we also have a pastor that we support in Kathmandu who left his church that was successful to open a church in the slums. And I've been there twice. We have a relationship with him and um, we do some support for him. And another pastor in Pakistan who works with the Christians who are living like slaves and working in the brickyards. Um, we started a sewing center there. Um, also in India, we have a sewing center. Um, but yeah, so those are two little side gigs that we have that we have a heart for them too so i just wanted to let you know that but Amen. thank you so much for having us we appreciate it god bless you thank you all folks like brother benjamin said time is short this world's got nothing to offer 
Let's do everything we can get behind the Lord's kingdom and what he's doing right now in India and let's support and, and then share with somebody else. What if your neighbor has been that person? What if your neighbor was like the Messiah? Where have you been all these years? Don't get to the end of your life wishing you had done the more. Get to the end of your life like Brother Paul when he said, I fought the good fight. It's so much more rewarding to do while we can. God bless you. God bless you all for coming on tonight. This is Brother Frank and all of our guests saying to everyone, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come.